Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Trouble with Snakes by Joseph N. Rudd, Jr. Rest period was finally over, and the 12 boys from Cabin 8 were raring to go. A snake hunt! How exciting for 10-year-olds from the city! Up to this week, the only snakes most of them had seen were in books or in the enormous glass cases at the zoo. Now they were going to the woods surrounding Wayside Camp, where snakes hid under rocks and behind stumps just waiting for keen-eyed campers to discover them. The boys stood straight and tall at line call as Counselor Hadley emerged from the cabin. Jack, you're not going anywhere until your bunk is made. I'm sorry, sir. It's just that I'm so excited about the snake hunt that I forgot. I'll go do it now. Mr. Hadley leaned up against a tall pine tree, thinking about how crazy Jack was about snakes. He knew the boy was planning to make a snake pit in his backyard at home if he could get some specimens to put in it. He had noticed that when Rick, a boy from Cabin 7, had caught a green snake, Jack nearly went out of his mind. Ever since then, Jack had been begging for a snake hunt so he could show Rick a thing or two. With their forgetful member on the line now, the counselor began to speak earnestly. Now, boys, I hope you realize the importance of this field trip. We're not just going out to show how smart and brave we are. We will be studying one of God's most amazing creatures. I've chosen to take you fellows on this expedition because I feel that you are an unusually mature group and that you can really learn something from this experience. Now remember, Mr. Hadley continued, stay together. Last year on our night hike, we spent several hours hunting for stray kids. Another thing, don't pick up any snake until I have identified it. I don't want to have heart failure as I nearly had in Florida when a camper came in with a deadly poisonous coral snake curled up in his pocket. And all snakes must be turned in at the nature building as soon as we get back. They'll be put in the new display. Now, let's move out. The boys tramped along, laughing and shouting into the bush. For nearly two hours they scampered through the underbrush along the creek bank, overturning nearly every stone and log in their path. The pine-scented air and crunch of dry leaves and twigs underfoot added to the excitement of the occasion. But before anyone realized, it was time to head back upstream toward the camp. As they rounded the bend and entered the cabin area, Cabin 7's troop rushed out to meet them. How many did you catch? they all chimed. I bet they didn't catch any, Rick, the 14-year-old assistant counselor, scoffed. Jack rushed to his cabin's defense. We did, too. We caught two black snakes, two garter snakes, a green snake, and Mr. Hadley even caught a copperhead. There was real pride in his voice. Ah, oh, we won't believe it till we see it. Rick and his gang headed back to their cabin, mocking as they went. Jack was raging. Imagine those guys acting that way, he shouted. Bill, his bunkmate, tried to soothe his anger. Take it easy, Jack. They're just jealous. I guess you're right, Bill. It's just that I hate to be teased about something as important as this. By the way, Jack, one of the boys remembered, what did you do with that garter snake you caught? Yeah, what did happen to it? The counselor, just arriving on the scene, repeated the question. Uh, I let him go. He seemed a little sick. Jack quickly slipped his jacket over his knapsack in an effort to hide the telltale bulge in the side pocket. I thought he'd probably die if we put him in a cage. He tried to sound convincing, but there was a lump in his stomach. Well, okay. Mr. Hadley searched the boy's face intently, but Jack returned his gaze unflinchingly. That's okay. 
the counselor repeated, just as long as he doesn't show up in the cabin. He walked off in the direction of the bathhouse. Now was Jack's chance. Quickly he pulled his brown prize out of the knapsack and slid it down into his sleeping bag, rolling the top down so it couldn't escape. This is the biggest garter snake I've ever seen, he thought proudly as he walked outside to join his friends in a hand-wrestling contest. All evening, Jack congratulated himself on his brilliant scheme. Just think, Sunday is only two days away. Then my wiggly companion and I will slip aboard the bus and be home free. Surely no one could possibly find his secret catch before then. As Jack snuggled into his sleeping bag that night, the snake felt soft against his feet, like his dad's Morocco leather wallet. Within minutes, he dropped off into dreamland. In the wee hours of the morning, he was apparently besieged with a nightmare. Wiggly things seemed to be writhing all over his body, so many of them that he felt he was going to be smothered. Suddenly, he sat, sleeping bag and all, bolt upright in bed, screaming at the top of his lungs. It wasn't a dream. Things were crawling all over him. He tried to pull them off, but for every one he snatched away, another one crawled on to take its place. After an eternity, almost, the lights came on and he was surrounded by the concerned faces of his cabin mates and the counselor. As he huddled there at the top of his bed, frozen in fright, the troubled expressions of those around him changed to smiles, and then they all began to point at his bed and roar with laughter. In response to their pointing fingers, Jack looked down. All over his body and most of the bed were tiny baby snakes, more than he could count, and right in the middle of them was the proud mother, the snake no one could possibly find out he had. So the one you found was sick, huh? Mr. Hadley said to Jack when he could make himself heard above the uproar. You know, those baby snakes liked the warmth of your body because they are cold-blooded. Garter snakes are about the only species that can have that many live babies at one time. I guess, Jack interrupted, I guess I just picked the wrong kind of snake, and it serves me right for not obeying and then lying about it. The counselor put his hand on Jack's shoulder. I'm glad you realize you did wrong. Before we gather this little family together for our display, let's kneel and ask God to help all of us be truthful in the future. Jack never forgot that lesson. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.